we want to reduce the total impact from snowmobiles. That has made us stretch further. So when we started, we thought that going electric would be everything we more or less needed to do in order to reduce the exhausts. But when we started digging towards the goal, we realized, okay, this needs some more. You're listening to Green Business with Impact. Your host is Jasper Steinhausen. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Do you remember the first time you rode an old electric car? One that was built up from the ground as an electric car. For me, it was a Tesla, and I bet you're a bit like me and thought, wow, this is a different and a better experience than a regular car. What a great alternative. Today's guest is creating a similar experience for people, only this time with a snowmobile. A snowmobile can take you into the great Arctic outdoors for fantastic scenery and experience, but today's versions are noisy, smelly, and they emit a lot of CO2. Christian Nystrup is CEO and co-founder of the Swedish company Vide. They are building a completely electronic snowmobile built on the circular business approach. It seems like a child's dream coming true to build your own vehicle, even though it probably wasn't what he had in mind as a boy when he was looking at the posters of the Ferraris in the wall of his room. Christian has an engineer's degree in mechanics and electronics, and then a few years later a business master's from Stockholm University, and he has worked on customer experience for a range of clients. And with this company, Vide, it all comes together, and the company and its products are built from the ground up based on the circular economy thinking. So today we will hear some very interesting learnings about how such approach functions as a magnet for partners and how they are building a future-ready company and product. So hop on and get a ride on tomorrow's business approach. Christian, how did it all start with with Vida and your business? Of course, nice to be here. Uh, Vida started off with uh, me and some friends visiting another friend in Norland, and we went for a, a snowmobile adventure. Uh, and we were riding around, and uh, the mountains we really came close to the nature. We experienced moose, reindeer, stuff like that. But we also realized that this is a very noisy machine. So all the time when we found something in nature that we really like, we, we turned off the machine in order to get the experience coming in. Um, we also realized that you need to wear special clothing just because the smell of the exhaust is so bad. So it sticks to your hair, it sticks to your clothes. You need special snowmobile clothing in order to, to get rid of the, the smell afterwards. And this is like the reflection was that that was quite hefty. Uh, is it supposed to be like that when we are working in the rest of the uh, vehicle development industry with the uh, fine tuning stuff? Should we need to wear extra special clothes in order to not get smelly? Um, that, that was a big like realization what's happening here. So uh, when we came back, we, we uh, researched the market a bit for, for the snowmobile stuff. And we found that uh, Sweden is the biggest country in Europe when it comes to snowmobiles. We have over 300,000 registered units. And we also realized that the effects of this is hefty. It's two-stroke machines, no catalytic processes. So it's like an outboard engine that you start manually uh, <clears throat> on a boat. So it's a bit like that. Um, 
And then we also thought that Sweden has like all the knowledge needed to, to create a more sustainable electric approach here. We have all the development clusters with like Volvo and we have Scania, Königsegg, Husqvarna and later years we have created a lot of new V for boats. We have new Candela boats and Exure boats and so we were like everything is in Sweden in order to make this happen. So uh, we concluded that let's make a go and see if we can create this for the snowmobile as well since that also needs to be turned over. So that was the approach to start this whole company. And from there, it has been a, a, a magic ride, I must say. We got in touch with so many interesting people and so many knowledgeable people that, uh, that has helped us along in different ways. So would you say that because you sort of embarked from a starting point saying, we are producing a sustainable snowmobile or circular snowmobile, that that has attracted more of these kind of talented people? Absolutely. No question about it. We have become like the favorite kid in different uh, institutions because we are doing it from scratch. <laughs> so we can they can test us out and see uh, different ideas. They can help us more openly instead of saying, okay, we believe that this is the way uh, a company like this should go. And when you work with an established partner, you're lim very limited in what you can do because they only shift 1% at a time, but we go from bottom up. And so we go for the most modern way from bottom up, which means that people are super engaged in trying to get this thing happening. And also we see that the big environmental effect from this is uh, it's huge. So the potential is huge to do something bigger so people get engaged in, in trying to help this out make a real difference yeah this is really amazing and, and uh, this is something it's a trade i guess you could say when people really really engage in circularity that that a lot of time we find more sort of established players in the sector than wanting to jump on this because they know it's the future but it's really hard to do so if they can do it with somebody else then they can guinea pig on the results but so, so they want to engage more. So I'm really happy to hear that, that that works for you as well. And from our approach, we are, we are very much working with them as proper partners. Yes. We need their knowledge in order to make this happen fast. What kind of partners have you got here that you sort of normally would say, we would never as the size company, be able to work with these people. Could you name drop a, a thing or two for, <laughs> for people to sort of understand that this is a bit out of the ordinary? Uh, I'm a bit early. Uh, I have We have not released all the big ones yet, uh, but they are very, all right. <laughs> they're significant. But uh, I would say that our house partner <clears throat> at this point is uh, a Swedish research institute called RICE. There are three and a half thousand scientists that are working with different parts of uh, Sweden to industrialize stuff. And uh, they are all the way ahead. They are running the, the research front and also helping Swedish company to, to get further on. So we are working with different parts of RISE for different uh, matters within the company. So that has been like having one of those big partners really focusing on us has been fantastic. We could not have built an internal team uh, with those kinds of skills 
No, that was that's not possible. No, no, no. Okay, really good to hear. And then we just have to keep keep an eye on you to see what kind of barbers show up once it's sort of formally released. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, some yeah. big ones. So please keep an eye. You, you will be a bit amazed, I guess. Yeah. All right. Look forward to that. I would like to sort of focus a bit on this whole circular understanding, the mindset that the way you come from, because as you say, you wanted to build something differently. So you took a different approach. So could you just tell us a little bit about how does this circular thinking in your head, how has that sort of impacted what you do? This is very interesting because the idea behind is everything. The idea is what's connecting uh, resources, is connecting uh, everything that you do in a company. So a company is basically a set of ideas that is moving everything forward. And in this case, it has been 100% essential that we have taken stand in making a bigger change. We want to reduce the total impact from snowmobiles. That has made us stretch further. So when we started... Uh, we thought that going electric would be everything we more or less needed to do in order to reduce the exhausts. But when we started digging towards the goal, we realized, okay, this is uh, this needs some more. And we realized that the circular approach would really benefit and get us further onto that track. So the mindset shifted quite early from only going electrical to going circular, and uh, and going into that kind of business instead. So I would say that having that, those ideas and stretching it forward, that has been super essential to us. Albert Einstein famously said, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. So if you want to change your business and make it thrive while making the world a better place, you need to think differently than when running a business in the traditional way. You need the right mindset. With that in place, everything else gets easier. To help you, I've created a simple self-assessment tool for you to score your current mindset and give you inputs on how you can improve it. It's free of charge. It takes less than three minutes to complete and you can access it by going to greenprofit.scoreapp.com. Could you give us a few examples of what have you been working on or what are you trying to get established? Because it's not a product you can buy yet. It's it's in the making, this brand new uh, electrical and circular built snowmobile. So could you share a few things of what you're trying or what you've succeeded with already that is not in the linear fashion, but where you really have this circularity sort of shine through somehow? Yeah, Absolutely. We have uh, back to the partners that I didn't re- uh, didn't want to <laughs> to um, share before. One of our partners at this moment is a hundred percent biodegradable material that is called paper shell, and what they do is that they make out of wood uh, components that can replace other vehicle components. So at this moment, we are making a research study about what that material can do for the upcoming video machines. And that is really stretching it far. It would be very easy to just make this in plastic and uh, go, go on with that traditional model because there are already vendors there and they, are, they can make this happen very fast. 
but we are going another way and uh, in the other end we will be able to maybe replace some parts of the video machine uh, straight with 100% biodegradable materials. There is a very concrete example of what we are doing. So together with RISE research, we are researching this material at this point to see how it can operate in the Arctic environment. And then we, uh, the results out of that will be what kind of components we can exchange. Very interesting. Ah, that's a super interesting project. Yeah. I mean, your starting point was also really this about the experience, right? You said you were out there and every time you saw something you really liked, you had to stop and you were smelling, you were noisy, you were, you know, all of that. So experience, what, what kind of role does that user's experience seem like being a starting point for you? So, you know, is that something that I as a common customer would do, you know, how, how would I know that experience for you is important? Does, how does that drive decisions and, and what you focus on your business. Yeah, you're onto something here because I've been working with the, the experience, uh, the, the user experience or the customer experience for like 10, 15 years now for different companies. And what you normally would get is that you get the product that is already made. And as an agency, you get the complicated task to make this natural to the customer. And uh, Sometimes that is an easy win, and sometimes that is a no can do, uh, because customers don't understand what kind of product they have in front of them. So it's not utilized. Uh, <laughs> it's utilized to five percent of what is totally capacity. Uh, so because it's it's tricky to use or something. So we have started naturally started the company the other way around. So we are starting with the customer, saying what kind of situations the customer will be in, and together with. For instance, uh, one of our partners that is Skistar and that is operating as the biggest tourist operator of uh, ski resorts in the Nordics. Um, they will have this machine, the pre-series machines, and start testing it together with their technical teams, with their snowmobile teams uh, for a full year in order to truly understand their needs. And what comes out in the other end will be a machine that is uh, the absolute best suited for their needs. That would be the natural go-to for them to have be the machines going forward. And this, this is super important for the longevity of the circular machines. And um, we want to design a machine that doesn't go out of fashion. It stays interesting to have. It stays um, technically valid for a longer period of time. And starting with a customer here is essential because then the customer says, okay, I don't want to change this machine. It might look the same from year to year, but I'm, I don't want any other machine because it's the best on the market. It suits me best. And in that way, we can, we can um, have a machine valid for two times, three times, four times the, the normal length of our snowmobile. And... In that case, we don't need to change the design of the machine uh, when it's come to a life end. And then we can reuse components in like a take-back setup for the next machine that we're producing. So say if you have, for instance, you use an electric engine and then you change the complete design of the machine. Maybe you can't use that electrical engine again. That will have an environmental impact and will have a cost impact. 
So therefore, we try to find a design that will last over as long time as possible, starting with the experience. What's the normal uh, life expectancy of such a snowmobile and what are you aiming for? Yeah, so this is uh, a subjective figure, of course. Of course. But what yeah. people say is that like 10,000 kilometers is like a normal expectancy. And what you see then is that both the engine and the booking, which is the uh, suspension part in the back where the belt is moving around, that boogie will also be worn by that point. So the total machine will be more or less worn out at that point. So when we move over to an electric machine, the engine or the drive train, electrical drive train will not be worn because that is uh, something that will last much longer. But the boogie will be the, the limiting part. So here we are looking for solutions to make that last longer. And we are looking to, to create machines that last 30, 40,000 kilometers could be that we need to exchange some parts along the way but then let's design it so that they can be easily exchanged and then we make it last longer so say they have a service package for them to come and upgrade the booby for instance or whatever it is yeah for instance yes that will be a then we can make it last much longer and then the total footprint just uh, falls down compared to all other choices yeah and of course, the value of your product then goes up, right? Because you know when you buy this, that you get a product that lasts significantly longer. Yes. And you see that, uh, for instance, uh, companies like Ski Stardom, they say that our main purpose here is to have the machines running so that we can operate our winter resource. resource. And um, that is the main purpose for us. We don't need to change machi machines just because. We can use the same machines over and over as long as they operate fully functionally in our slopes. So it's another way of thinking that business. What's the connection between business success in today's world and tomorrow's world, and then circular versus linear old-fashioned thinking? Do you have any reflections on that? Yeah, and this is where it's very interesting to work with a science institute or a research institute like RISE. Uh, we are working with their circular business team in order to uh, design this company the right way. So what we realize is that we need to start working with the business and see that the business model works. Because you have like a fundamental change here in that if you make a linear product, it will last shorter and you will replace it many more times and you will have lots more, lots of more spare parts and you can make money on a lot of different transactions. What we do now is that we start off with uh, creating the business model and we look at like upgradability, modularity, uh, serviceability, longevity, stuff like this. And we design the business based on that. Look at stuff like take back, for instance. What happens when the machine has uh, come to a life end? Can we take that back, recycle stuff, and reuse stuff for new machines? That would be a super business case. So we are making that business model first. And based on that, we are designing the the machine afterwards how long should the different parts last what parts can be reused what parts needs to be reused in order to to get the footprint down and so so that is how we operate this so this turns into a design brief really to say this is the machine that we are making it's based on that uh, verified business model so having them on board 
helping us design the business and then the product is super essential because they've done this many times before. And we also do it like this because it's very easy when you work with different people that they fall back into the linear way of thinking because uh, that is the most used way of thinking in business today. It's modern default, right? Unfortunately. It's modern default. So what happens is that we are afraid that when we work, for instance, a constructor that is working on some parts that they forget. So what we do is that we include people from the circular business team into all the sprints in order for them to realize, bling, this is a linear way of thinking here. You need to make sure that in every detail we come over to the circular business. And what happens then, and this is very cool, the circular business becomes stronger and stronger over time. So if you start off with having all new machines coming into the market, as soon as you start having take-back machines that is coming back and you can reuse inverters or uh, motors or whatever to get them into the new machines again, your margins as a business will strengthen over time. So we are making the worst part now, and then you will have a natural better and better business case going forward. And that is something I guess most have not realized. And that is, um, it's also tricking when you come to financing because they are looking at the first models coming out. They are not always looking that far into the future when they're making their investment decisions. That must uh, sort of leave you with a really um, serious piece of work around communication. And how do you do that? How do you make investors or partners or potential clients, uh, the ones that are, you know, I know you can sign up for it already, you know, how do you communicate all of this to get the right value out and have people understand, you know, it's not just a snowmobile. This is a different thing. How do you do that? I think it's beneficial that I've been working in marketing for many years. So I understand a bit about the importance here. So what we are really building is a story. So we are building the story about Vida. We're starting off from a small scale, trying to find the right partners in order to get the, the right uh, preconditions to make this happen. And then we, uh, launch, uh, then we launch news along the way all the time and building and building and building on this story. So we have a story first approach when it comes to marketing and we have to have. What we see is that you have different stages. Before you have a product design on the table, you're able to talk about the, the more value-based stuff. So you say, why are we doing this and how is it uh, affecting stuff? And you can talk about statistics and different things. Uh, and, and when you have a design, people get very design-oriented. So I get the question all the time, oh, but, but how does it look? Tell me, how does it look? And I know that when, when we have released that design, the only thing people will say is that, ah, I don't like it, or... Ah, I think it's super. And you will, <laughs> you, the focus will be the design. So right now we're in a phase where we can talk about these things. Um, so it's a bit complicated. And you also need to use simple wording. Um, and at the same time, you need to communicate complex stuff. So for instance, we use the communication with partners as, for instance, then uh, paper shell. To say that we are working with this material other people are working with this material, like, for instance, Cake and Polestar are also working with this material. 
we are doing it in the Arctic sense, then people understand, okay, we get sort of judged by association and saying, okay, but if those guys also work with it, then it's probably good. And and then we can say we, we do it together with them. Their focus is to bring a CO2 or carbon-free material to the market for vehicle components. And then we say, okay, so this is what we're using. So we are helping each other to to communicate. And you need to be a bit um, focused on, on doing that the right way in order to get the message through. And what would you say is the right sort of balance? Or I don't know if you could say there is a right balance, but how do you sort of balance uh, the sort of the, the result? I mean, one thing is, you know, as you say, this is a carbon neutral components for, for the vehicle industry. But the other thing is that, you know, this is a better solution, right? Or this brings you as a customer, this type of value, or you know, how do you sort of balance between the sort of the green message and the value, the results side? How do you balance that? It's tricky. If you put people on a mock-up saying, this is a snowmobile and you have a monitor or you have a VR set or whatever, and they get to experience the ride, which is carbon free, it's silent, it is, then people properly understand what this is all about. But telling people that a silent ride would be nice, mm, it's not really working because they're like, okay, yeah, but that would be super, probably. <laughs> so what we have done is that we have taken this a bit further. So if you go to our website, you will see that what you meet there is a movie about how it is to ride a snowmobile that is uh, without any noise. And you get that experience. And I've seen firsthand people look at this movie and they can say to me, uh, before we started, they say, okay, so I'm not interested in snowmobiles. I've never been. I think it's noisy. I don't think it's fun. It's not for me. They see this and they realize, wow, this is a, a nature experience that I haven't tried before. And they say, I would really like to try that. That seems cool. And the understanding like comes through. So, so you need to be a bit confident making a movie like that and saying that is the experience that we want to communicate instead of saying, okay, uh, it, a, a fossil driven machine is seven times more uh, emissions because that's a bit boring. You need to come in feeling first and then statistics. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you're basically, you're showcasing the value, right? Because we think circular and approach this, this means that you will get this, 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 you're not selling the fact that it's green. You're selling the experience that comes out of it because you think like this. And then, of course, you probably also tell them that it's has this you know, carbon neutral, blah, 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 all of the things that are also important, but are not the decision-making point for most people, right? Exactly. And we see that the pre-orders that are coming in, in quite heavy numbers, actually, they're coming from first uh, early adopters from the private sector, but from the B2B sector. They are coming in from the companies that are running for uh, like fossil-free programs or for uh, they have environmental-friendly tourism or or stuff like that. They are the first movers in this and they are putting pre-orders in every day in order to make sure that they are one of the first ones that can use it in their business in the other end so that they can communicate. We are also doing this in an environmentally-friendly way. And we are doing the new experience that will bring people to our business. But we can see that the ones that has uh, environmental focus, they are first movers here. Yeah. 
So it's a, so it's a strong part of your missus that is green, and then it's also a strong part that it's it's actually better. <laughs> it's it's a more convenient. It's a different experience. Yeah, and it would be much easier for us to communicate that when the design is set, and uh, we the, the prototype is in the making at this very moment, and we are expecting it to be running this month, and when we have. Frank, which is the Frankenstein. Uh, when Frank is ready, we have a... Frank is the name of your prototype. Yes, that's the name of the prototype. And when he is running, it's much easier to invite people to come up and ride the electric snowmobile themselves. And they will understand perfectly. So we have already created like a big event that will happen in April uh, in order to... Um, bring people in that needs to see this and try it firsthand and and we are confident that when they have tried it firsthand then they're sold just want to give you just a brief insight to one of the other episodes that will be released in the season this was with a company called circular computing that sells remanufactured laptops but he does exactly the same. It was the most important thing in their selling approach. It was really, they just send out a free test version and then they have a call with them afterwards. And as you said, it always starts with people say, it looks like brand new. Yeah, I told you, but, but it's the same. As you say, it's the experience. You've got to have it in your hands. So I just say, I think you're onto it. Uh, that it seems to be, uh, and I was, I've heard it with other companies as well, that because they work from a circularity point of view, they create something extraordinary compared to what you would expect. And it's hard to explain. You gotta experience it. So I think just to tell you, I think you're on the right track there. Well, imagine running through the forest silently and the, the snowmobile can take you places where you can't go yourself. It will take days to go skiing or the snow is too deep or whatever. So the snowmobile really takes you places that are amazing. You can go out in the middle of the night and have a Northern Lights session on, the, on an open mountain where there's no one around. It's a fantastic experience machine. But uh, when you try it yourself and do it uh, silently, that would be like mind-blowing, I think. So yeah, I'm happy that you see it from others as well. That's our approach. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to end with sort of a bigger picture question here obviously there are different roles for different stakeholders in order to make the sort of societal green transition right so government has a role to play uh, business has a role to play people has a role to play as as consumers but how do you see the role of business in making such a green transition happening it's a combination of uh, of the business and the regulations and in this case, the business is running uh, in front. So we are leading this transition at the moment. So we have these far away pillars like the Paris Agreement and stuff like that. But we, we need to do this here and now in order to make the transition happen. So it's a bit like um, if you say you look 10 years into to the future, some companies will be running on a line which is straight towards that point we need to be in 10 years other companies are not doing anything now and they will have a, a business critic environment uh, eight years down the line when they have so little time to make all the changes that need to be changed and this is the, the reason for them that they need to change it will come from customers it will come from policies it will come from different kinds of regulations it will come from 
kinds of uh, extra fees for uh, for uh, having a lot of emissions going out from your business and so on and so on. So it will be more and more critical and perhaps simply competitors moving ahead, right? As you just described several times, you will be creating a superior product. So, and it might be that the, the problem if you haven't shifted is that you're stuck with a low value solution compared to what's already out there from competitors, right? And this and the shift may cost some money. So if you have a low value solution, you might not even have the money you need to, to turn it all around. It could be like that. So what we're doing with, with that when we're making this company, it, we, we are making it a future adaptive company, as you say. We try to look at all the parts where we are uh, we can get tangled in and not get out. We're trying to make it as flexible as possible because the world is changing very fast right now. So we need to have like open solutions for where we can move in different directions when stuff happens. So th- that's the benefit of starting it now. We are looking at uh, instead of going for building huge factories, we are looking at like what you call industry 5.0 and you have the vendors taking big responsibility, helping out. It's more flexible. So we are going straight for the most modern type of working, way of working now, which will be a competitive advantage going forward. So we are turning all the stones and looking at these things to see where we can uh, find the right path for to make these machines come alive. Amazing. I think this is a really good place to end this. I, we could uh, no doubt discuss a lot further for a lot longer time, but... Uh... But thank you so much, Christian, for for your time and for sharing all your insights and learnings so far. It's been really interesting. So, uh, yeah, so just thank you so much and best of luck. I really look forward to hearing more about your journey, your partners, and uh, and hopefully one day try out one of your vehicles. You're always welcome. Thank you, Jasper. It's been a fun journey to be with you today. You've listened to Green Business with Impact. You can get more insight on how to create circular business on bwimpact.com. If you want to get in touch, you are very welcome to connect with Jasper on LinkedIn. Just type in Jasper Steinhausen. If you have questions, comments or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please contact Jasper, J-S, at bwimpact.com dot com